From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 551. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace and ExpressVPN. My name is Mike Hurley. I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Ooh. Hi, Mike. What was that? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm just excited to be here, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. That's good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's only been 551 times, and I'm still excited to be here. Woo! <laughs> I, I may, maybe it's just that I'm excited to finally be fully into the ball knock zone. Who I mean, isn't? You know what that's I mean? what it is, yeah. Let's get into but, the ball knock zone. Let's do it. Um, The newest pilot, Friction, I have been, we've been talking about this for a little bit, but I finally got my review up on Monday. I love everything that pilot has done with the pilot friction lineup. And that's kind of what I wrote in this little review. It wasn't, I don't tend to do just like straight up technical reviews, right? Like I just kind of chit chat, tell a, tell a little bit of story, tell what I think about my, you know, my life of experience with the friction, like the pen Attic blog has been around longer than, you know, as almost as long as the friction has existed, which it came out in 2006. The pen Attic has been around since 2007. So we've spent a lot of time with the uh, friction over the years. And it's always been a fascinating product to me because as I let off this review, the theory of an erasable pen should be immediately written off by everybody, right? Just the idea of an erasable ink pen is like, oh, that's got to be terrible, right? There's there's no way that it works, or if it does, it's just kind of half-baked and just kind of terrible experience, and the friction changed that, right? They came in, and they made a thing that was really good. It wasn't great at the time when they launched it, and now they've just continued to work on it over the years. They like actually figured something out that their customer base mainly in Japan like really latched onto and now it's it's like it's like a tent pole item in their product lineup which I never would have guessed in the beginning and now it's just this core piece of their product lineup so much so that other companies are like designing products which I talk about in this the Hobonichi is making decisions in their planner paper lineup because of how how much usage the friction has like in the Japanese market. And like that just blows my mind thinking about just the friction in general. Like what, what are your thoughts before I get into the ball knock zone completely uh, just on the idea of the friction? Have you ever used one? I'm sure I've asked you this yeah, like 10 and times I and like I can't it. remember your answer. Yeah. You don't like it. And I get that. Like this is not a, a pen for everyone. Right. I mean, for me, the pilot friction fails in every department. Like for mm-hmm. me, like, yes, uh, I'm not a big fan of the of just of like the the way it works anyway. Like, I don't think that the gel ink is as comfortable or as smooth as others. The mm-hmm. colors aren't as good. Like, even in your article, mm-hmm. like you you know you praise the the work that they've done, but the mm-hmm. comparison image of the black Pilot Friction to just the black G2, mm-hmm. I mean, it almost looks like brown, like gray brown. Like, it doesn't look black to me at all. Um and yeah, it's it's really not close when you no. put them side to side, and it doesn't erase well enough. So it's like mm-hmm. for me, it like it just doesn't work. Like for me, I understand that people love it, and under certain circumstances, you can get this thing to work for you. But like, and it mostly does the job. But I'm like, why do you even need an erasable pen? Just like it out, <laughs> you know? Like that's how that's where I come from. Like it, this to yeah. me doesn't do a good enough job of a thing that I don't want anyway. Right. 
and I think what interests me so much, I, I, I don't disagree with any of your statements. Like, I don't often choose to use the friction over anything else because of all the reasons you said. But it's such an interesting case study that no one has been able to compete with this pen where all of these companies try to jump on the bandwagon of whatever's popular, like take the Uniball Jetstream and hybrid ballpointing technology, right? Well, now... Pilot and Zebra and Pentel all have to come out with their, oh, you know, Uni did this great thing. Here's our version of it. And some of these companies have tried with the erasable uh, item, and they're like, nah, <laughs> this ain't it, chief. We can't compete with the friction. It's just like they've kind of let Pilot, you know, dominate this market because they can't make a good enough product. And that's, I think that's what fascinates me the most um along with just how purely popular the friction mm -hmm. is which is still kind of mind-boggling for like all the reasons you mentioned there is no point where a pilot gel ink a pilot friction gel ink is going to be better than like a pilot g2 gel ink as far as color goes right color and smoothness <clears throat> It just it doesn't work that way because of the ink formulation, but I, I I gotta admit it's pretty darn good. Like it's it's good for what it is, and people seem to love the friction, and I'm I'm here for it. You know I love the stuff. So to get to the ball knock zone, particularly, the end conclusion of this review, which y'all could go read the review on the blog. We'll have the link in the show notes. I'm sure a lot of you have seen it already. Is there's no way you should ever choose this pen if you're a friction fan, right? Because it is ridiculously expensive for not much added value. So the added value that they want to bring to the table with the ball knock zone over Mike, the ball knock, right? There's, <laughs> we have the ball knock and we have the ball knock zone. So the zone is the upgraded barrel where you have a more silent clicking mechanism mm -hmm. and a quote clutch uh, mechanism on the tip of the pin to prevent tip rattling. Um, neither which I find to be game changing in any way, shape or form, especially not for a 100% price upgrade. You know, there's $7 for just the base pin for the ball knock zone and the regular ball knock, which is my preferred model. That's what I'm actually using here today in a blue black ink, which is really, really good. Um, is 350, right? It's half the price and you're not losing any ink technology or racing technology, which is what the friction is built around. So do you need the twice as much, ball knock zone for a quieter click it's it's slightly quieter no one really notices and for a clutch mechanism that is fake <laughs> like it does the job of like keeping the, the the tip rattle down but tip rattle wasn't a problem in the other pins because they had it designed they had the front end of the pin designed correctly like i've never had a you know tip rattle issue with the regular uh ball knock so it's uh it's an interesting concept and then they even like doubled and tripled down on the ball knock zone by having these ultra premium barrels with a wooden grip which pilot is very popular for you know you've seen a lot of people have seen these kind of uh dark cherry woods that they use for they've used it in the vanishing point fountain pen before they've mm -hmm. used it in the s series mechanical pencils they've used it in all kinds of popular product lines as a different style and a different upgrade barrel so you can buy that model for 28 dollars, something like that or you can go to the highest price one which i also purchased for review 
um, has the marbled acrylic barrel, which we talked about, you know, a few weeks ago when I first got them in mm-hmm. and that one's like $41. And I was like, oh, you have to be really be like a friction lover to spend $7 on a friction, much less, you know, $40 on a friction just to have the premium barrel. Like is the eraser, I mean, is the erasability that like that important to you where you would buy that? I, uh, clearly it is, Mike. Well, you know there's going to be friction super fans, right? There, there, yeah, there are. And so, like, giving those people more options, why would you not? Yeah, Hobonichi sealed, sealed that deal for me, making me realize that if a brand like Hobonichi is calling out the friction specifically yeah. in their paper change articles, right? They're having to change paper, right? This whole Tomoe River thing, switching over to the sands in Tomoe River. And for Hobonichi to actually call out the friction as a consideration, that tells me everything I need to know. They didn't mention any other they didn't mention the jet stream, right? They didn't mention mm-hmm. pencils. They didn't mention regular gel pens. But they said the friction is so popular that they had to consider it um, when choosing a new paper for that for it the, would work for their planners. Well. Yeah. The, yeah, Did it before? Did does it work well with Tomoe? Like specifically, yeah, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. So they wanted to make sure they could retain those qualities when switching to their or when they're yeah. their new paper options. Yeah, I've always said. That, that Tomoe River paper is actually pretty underrated for things like ballpoint pen and pencil, right? I actually really enjoy using ballpoints and pencil on there when most of us think of it as a fountain pen specific paper. Yeah. I, I've actually found it to be quite enjoyable for pretty much anything. But I'm assuming um, rather than just the enjoyability, like, I am assuming it erases very well, right? Like yeah, otherwise there'd yeah. be no point in having to focus specifically on the friction, right? Exactly. As a, as a thing. Exactly. Can you remind so, me again what bull knock means? I uh, no, because I, okay. I don't. I don't, don't think know. there's there's really any. The only thing I could have thought before is on the regular ball knock. The friction eraser is actually rounded. You know, it looks like a ball on the end of the pen. Mm-hmm. Um, the the new ball knock zone does not. It's kind of squared off. Um, but that's not where the knock is. The knock is in the clip on the ball knock and the ball knock zone. So. I think that's just the way they're describing their retract the retractable nature of the pen. Like we always talk about a knock, you know, being a, the terminology for the retractable pen um, in Japan. But as far as like the ball knock or the ball knock zone, I don't, there's nothing like directly, you know, you that that would match up that name. Be some kind of translation thing we're missing. Maybe, maybe, but I mean, I'm here for it. I don't care. I mean, that's no, a great I just wonder because it sounds just like it's very specific. The name mm-hmm. is very specific, right? It is. And like, so I feel like it—it it means something that I'm not getting. So yeah, I don't think so. I I really like. I'm looking at my the one that I use is the. <laughs> I gotta keep saying it, it's the traditional ball knock, and just on <laughs> the side <laughs> the side of the barrel it says friction ball. And like, that doesn't mean anything. Are you telling me like, this is a ballpoint tip? I'm like, yeah, like all of these pens are ballpoint tips. So is it a friction? It says friction ball 05 on it. And I I don't, you know, totally get it. Like, So like, I'm assuming ball, like ballpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But instead yeah. of point, they're saying knock. And like, I'm wondering if there is some kind of translation thing with knock like maybe it's a pun or something but when you translate it to english it doesn't no, carry 
No, I think it's just the the knock is just the differentiation in a capped pen versus a retractable pen is all it means to me. So they've just all right. they've just like strung together a bunch of words that this is a retractable ballpoint pen. And now you're in the zone because we're going to charge you more for it. Right. I, that's the only thing I know. The, speaking of charging you more for it, the refills for the ball, the ball knock zone costs as much as like the, 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 the regular standard ball knock. It's like, it's outrageously priced. So that, that was my conclusion on this, this thing. If you like the friction, buy a cheaper one. These are ridiculous. Ball knock zone. Yeah, I mean, I just don't get the whole friction thing. I really don't get it. Like uh, to me, I feel like part of the appeal in the product is the uh, is the idea of what it does rather than what it's actually doing. And I have no complaint about that. It's just like that's how I reconcile it in my mind. Like people are mm-hmm. like, my pen is erasable. It's just like a thing that is fun to think about, or like, oh, right. this could be useful rather than it actually being useful. Think about Ho Benichi leaning into this, though, like from a planner perspective, like if you're having to move around appointments and adjust things on your calendar yeah, yeah. and you're not using a pencil, they're they're probably happy yeah. that the friction's so popular. You know right? what? I'll say for planners, I'm thinking of notebooks, right? Or like taking right. notes. Right, right. I don't yeah, think that's it's different. so useful. But for a planner, especially some of these like tiny Ho Benichi planners, the ability to be able to erase something is helpful. But mm-hmm. I, like, maybe in, in in more of a way than, like, if you had just, like, an A5 notebook, you just cross it out because you've got, like, infinite space, basically. You just keep going until the notebook's empty. But <laughs> if you're, like, if you have a paper calendar, right, mm-hmm. in a Hobonichi, well, as you say, if, if an appointment changes, you could cross it out, but now you've got no space to write right. the new thing in. Yeah, so, all right, maybe I can right. see it there. But it just, I don't know, maybe just the thing that bugs me is just, like, I just don't find it a great experience. Like it's just mm-hmm. really not my thing. Um, but I'm pleased that it quite clearly seems to be other people's thing. And that, that's why I enjoy it, right? Yep. Because this shouldn't be a thing in in our little stationary world. It's actually a huge, gigantic huge thing. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's fascinating. Uh, one last thing, and I, it was kind of a throwaway comment. Uh, maybe two last things in in my review. The traditional ball knock, this is the barrel I want the G2 to go to. And I don't know why they don't do it because it's such a good barrel. Um, I don't have a picture of it in there, but I've, I've linked to it. It's just a basic retractable pin barrel that if I wish, I, I guess they are just, they're just stuck with the G2 it being so popular um, that they don't want to change anything with the little you know earwax bit at the end of their refill. They want to show that off to everyone, I guess. But this is such a good pin barrel. I wish they would convert the G2 to this. Um, I think it would go over well. Um, and secondly, um, it was definitely like a, a, a subtweet in there at, at one of my least favorite uh, brands. You don't have to use a particular notebook or paper to have success with the friction. If you want to try the friction, it will erase on any paper. You don't have to have a special notebook uh, that likes to market itself as special. Yeah, um, but if you which put will it go in unnamed. the microwave, Brad, do you know what I mean? Everyone has to, do that. <laughs> to the moon, baby. To the moon, baby. Yeah, I don't know. 
All right. This that's, episode that's enough friction. is brought to you <laughs> by our friends over at Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for letting you build your brand and grow your business online. With Squarespace, you'll be able to stand out with a beautiful website, engage directly with your audience and sell products, services, or the content that you create. Squarespace has got you covered with everything you're going to need. If you want to set up a blog, it's really easy. They are powerful blogging tools that you can just turn on, share your stories, your photos, videos, updates, and more. You can categorize, share, and schedule your posts to make your content work for you. And then you can find out how actually it is working for you with their insights. So you can find out where your visitors are coming from. If you have a store built into your site, you can work out where your sales are coming from. You can find out which channels are most effective for you. All of this can be analyzed directly into Squarespace. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to integrate any kind of analytics platform. You don't have to pay an extra fee. It's all in Squarespace. Then once you've got that data, you can improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your most popular products and content. And then if you want to take it that step further, you've got a couple of things you can do. I mentioned the store, right? You can sell physical or digital goods if that's the thing that you want to start selling online. You can set up Squarespace email campaigns so you can send out emails to everyone. And it's super simple to customize the design of the email as is the website. You choose from the beautiful templates, customize it the way that you want with colors and fonts and placement, put your own logo in there. Squarespace has everything. They even have tools for you to build your own logos. It really is an incredible platform that will give you everything you need to build your presence and grow your presence online. Go now to squarespace.com slash penaddicts and sign up for a free trial with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code penaddict to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com slash penaddict. And then when you sign up, use the offer code penaddict. You'll get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for the support of this show and all of Relay FM. Had an interesting article come across uh, my feed right as we ended last week's show. I think it's, it's been out. Yeah, it came out February 8th, so a week ago. Um, from Edison Pen Co., who makes some of my favorite pens. I think a lot of people who listen to this show are familiar with Edison as just a, one, of the, one of the good, great pen makers in our space. And I want to read this article. It's not very long. And the, the title of this article from Brian Gray, the owner of Edison, um, the title is A Price Reduction in the Production Line. And, you know, seeing that title, like, come across your feeds and everyone start to share this with you, it's like, this is this is really interesting in, in the current state of events so, that uh, we live Brian, in. Brian, you got one of the words wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you got a typo here? I need yeah. you to check this, please. So. Uh, let me read. I'm going to read this, Mike, because it, it's it's pretty short, and I think it gives some good insight um, about the this the state of the market right now. So it says, "Hi, Pen fans. I wanted to announce that effective immediately, our production line will see a price decrease. The price for any of our production line pens with a steel nib has been $169. The new price will be $149." A few factors are driving this. For those of you who remember, these pins were originally priced at $149 when we first started offering the production line about 12 to 13 years ago. Then in 2018, we announced a price increase to $169. This increase was driven by many factors at that time. 
much more expensive overhead when we moved to a very nice and spacious commercial location, having outgrown our location at home, a large investment into a lot of new machinery, and hiring more employees. Since this price increase in 2018, we've accomplished more than a few things that have allowed us to reconsider production line pricing. Over the years, I've been able to optimize all aspects of programming for faster assembly line production regarding our newer automated machinery. We've also been able to streamline our manually manual assembly line process. We've had the same fantastic employees for a minimum of five years each now. Frankly, all of us have honed our skills for faster production while retaining high quality and committing fewer time-wasting mistakes. Finding employees that have previous experience in pin making isn't exactly easy. It definitely takes a long time to develop expertise in this field. I'm thankful to say that all of us here have become very highly skilled pin makers, which makes everyone here very effective at what we do. Our overhead costs have been reduced a good bit since we now own our commercial building rather than renting our space. The bottom line is that our cost to manufacture, the production line has gone down. We feel that adjusting the retail price accordingly is the right move. I don't really know what to say about this. This doesn't, what I'll say is this is awesome. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, appreciate you, Brian. Like, this is, I will say, and I'm not saying this is the reason, this is great marketing. Right, mm-hmm. this is great mm-hmm. marketing, whether it's it intended is. or not. I don't believe that's the intention, but it right. is good marketing, right? And so, like, mm-hmm. this is—it's not free marketing because you've reduced your products, but for a period mm-hmm. of time at least, people will have a greater feeling about Edison. I know I do. Like, I have a lot. I have yeah. a lot. I've gained additional respect for right. Edison with this. But like, this is wild to me because you could—they could just say, "Hey." We're committed mm-hmm. to not increasing our price, right? And like that would mm-hmm. do half of the job here. That would do more than half of the job, right? But yeah. to, I really appreciate in this the level of detail mm-hmm. as to why this has occurred, right? right? Like I love that detail, but I would have said you should have just fixed the price. <laughs> but awesome <laughs> that you decreased it. Like it's, that's also great. And I'm. Considering the amount of detail in this post, I'm mm-hmm. very confident that they know what they're doing, right? That like yeah. this is totally fine for them yeah. uh, because they seem to have really got their heads screwed on correctly. So right. much respect to Edison Penko for this. Yeah, it was really neat to see. And just a little bit of the, the, the driving force, the production line is actually a very, that's the retail arm of Edison pen, right? Like if you buy something from, you know, a retailer who had like Edison has maybe, I I didn't look at it before, say four or five pen models that go to retail. That's the production line. Yeah. If you want to production line, I know that there are obviously production lines, Mm -hmm. but they have what's called the production line and they have the signature line. Obviously the signature line is more custom, right? Um, right. And different, and then you've got the production line, and more complicated, I assume, to produce. Yep. The production line depends that they can produce in large quantities and stock them all over the world. The mm-hmm. Menlo exactly. and the Comet are the two models. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in the past, like one of my favorites, the Beaumont has been in and out of there. The Perlet has been in and out of there. You know, they it depends on you know they they change the production line from time to time, not like a very at a high rate, but you know every year or two there might be an addition or a subtraction there. So yeah, that's the retail arm of it. Like if I go up to uh, see Brian and Andrea at a pin show and I'm looking at their table, 
and I'm picking out the specific material that I want with a specific filling system that I want, it's probably going to cost me like 300 and something dollars, which like is fine too, right? This, that's what those pins go for. So, but I have several production line pins that I love. And I think this is a great, a great way to get more people into Edison pins. It's obviously, like you said, it's very good bit of marketing for people to consider this. I think it's, it's a great, it's an unbelievable price point for pins. Like I focus a lot of time and effort in this price range and fountain pins, because that's, this seems like a really big upgrade price point for people like in like $150. Yeah. And you know, like Edison's always been there even at 169 and they're right there with like Franklin Christoph and you know, some of the other pin makers that we, that we, um, you know, shop at, but, but now it's an automatic easy recommendation. Like you've it's just so fit easy. into the under yeah. 150 bracket, which is like, mm-hmm. that's the new starter price, right? Of like, I want to get a nice pen, right? It's like, well, yeah, 150 is where you're starting now. Um, yeah, because we used to be at like 125, uh-huh. 140, maybe 150. Now we're like 169 to 199. Yeah. So one in, under 150. Again, mm-hmm. well, it's, it's also miraculous to me that like they've reduced their prices on the product line that they surely have the smaller margin on, which is what goes to retailers. Right. It's just like... This is wild. <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> yeah. I like I read it several times with like several different hats on. Like, okay, I'm gonna read it this with my consumer hat. It's like, yay. And then yeah. I'm gonna read this as a main my manufacturer hat is like, wow, that's like impressive. And, yeah, this you know, is things serious. like that. Yeah, I mean so. of all of the companies that could do this, it makes mm-hmm. sense to me that it's Edison because they are the OG, I feel right. like. Right? Yeah. Like of this type of pen which mm-hmm. now so many companies do, they right. have been around doing it for longer than anybody else, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Franklin Christoph's, I'm sure, been around that long, and there's probably, like, you know, some, 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 a few other ones, but that list, it's a very small list, to your point, and yeah. um, they're considered, uh, you know, definitely one of the OGs, and I, I just thought it was worth shouting out because that's not the news we usually see coming across our feeds these days, right? No, th- I think this is more worthwhile talking about than all the price increases. Yeah, like, I agree. Price increases are inevitable in general, yeah. right? Like, yeah. as time continues, prices will go up. Like, that's just yeah. how it goes. And especially right now, because material is more expensive again and shipping is exactly. expensive and like all this kind of stuff. So I just think it's it's incredible. And my hat is off to them. Like, bravo. Yep. 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 Bravo for sure. So, uh, Go see them at a, a pen show near you, or check out their uh, check out their stuff online. We have links in the in the show notes. Um, speaking of pen shows, real quick, I don't have a lot of details on the new California pen show that just took place this past weekend, but I wanted to give them a shout out because I've had an outsized number of people reach out to me at how good of ex- an experience they've had um, at the California pen show. So this was a new show that replaced the old LA pen show. Uh, new promoters, new location. So people were obviously curious, hey, how would this play out? And everything I've heard has just been positive. Like some, you know, people I've solicited answers from, some people have reached out to me just blindly saying, hey, I was there, we had a good time. Um, you know, it was lots of positive feedback and I think it's going to be good. So um, yeah, I, I wanted to point that out. If you have any feedback on the California Pin Show, Kimberly's going to have her write up. She was there. We'll have a review up on the blog soon. Uh, for her experience, I haven't talked to her too much other than, yeah, she had a good time just like everybody else. And um, that's always real positive when you have a new a new show, even though this was a, 
you know, traditional market for a pin show in time of year. Um, it's great to see so much positivity around it. Um, one note that I did want to put in the show notes for people to read, um, unrelated directly to the California pin show. Um, one of the vendors, um, Arushi pin had their car broken into like at a restaurant, you know, outside of the pin show, um, after the show was over. And I have a link into, uh, their Instagram because they pretty much got everything in their car stolen, like their luggage, which their luggage contained their pins and their pins that they sell are very expensive. So, um, this is a, a heads up to keep an eye out if you see anything, um, you know, for for these pins showing up on the market, they're very unique and very expensive. Um, you know, who knows, like, you know, if anyone even knows what these pins are or would be selling them. But this is a uh, something I just wanted to shine a light on in case you see anything weird in the market. Um, so uh, I, I hate to hear that uh, for, for Jason and Arushi pin. So uh, yeah. hopefully... Sometimes uh, these thing, things feel targeted. This mm-hmm. one doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the way they because they the way they describe it, it all yeah. the luggage, right? Like uh, you know, right. I've we've seen stuff unfortunately over the last year or so where people mm-hmm. have had like pens stolen from pen shows, like right. Maybe someone will steal something from the table or whatever. Right. But this one feels more like somebody saw luggage in in the parking lot and went for it and maybe yeah, didn't really like know that. what they were getting. Yeah, um, but it's just so it's such a shame because. Yeah, these kinds of things. Like, obviously, this is somebody's livelihood, right? Um, That's exactly right. And, like, and these are is, small retailers we're yep. dealing with. Even someone that we think is large, like Edison, who we just talked about. Yep. it would be devastating to them, just even as a small business. And this is even smaller than that. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough. And it's, you know, these kinds of things can deter people from wanting to 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 come to shows and stuff like that because you're putting. Such yeah, a risk travel. on the line, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the travel research. with travel with inventory is 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 always a tough thing. Like that's always you always have to worry about that type of thing. You know, when you're traveling with just a high dollar amount of inventory, it's tough for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. All right, shout out of the week, Mike. This yeah. is we're we're kicking it old school here, but in a new way. Aziza at Gourmet Pens was probably one of the first uh, blog of the weeks. You know, Aziza is an OG pin blogger. Um, One of the best, one of just an awesome friend, an awesome person, and an awesome um, stationary uh, content creator, and now has a podcast. So I wanted to make sure everyone knows about the Gourmet Pin Podcast. I think they've got 10 episodes so far out there. Um, Aziza is doing a great job um, with Gourmet Pins, expanding the shop, Mike, I don't know if you saw this Bennu pen that she collaborated with Bennu on, the the true unicorn uh, Bennu, which I wanted to shout out specifically. Um, it's it's currently sold out because it is so <laughs> awesome. <It's> excellent. <laughs> in the best way possible. Yeah. I w- so uh, Immediately when seeing this in the show notes, sent it to friend of the show, Kathy Campbell. Yeah. As I always do. Anything that is these kinds of colors, I send it to Kathy, whether she yeah. likes it or not. This is like the legit unicorn. It yeah, is like is all sick. of the things. This is, it is sick. sick. This is <laughs> so good. <laughs> like if you're going to do it, go all the way. All and in, baby. This is all the way, and I love it so much. So they're they're perpetually sold out, but uh, Aziza like, is rotating inventory. 
right there they they come in and out so you're yep. you'll have an ability to get one they're not going anywhere they're just not always in stock so check that out subscribe to the gourmet pins podcast go follow everything that aziza does over at gourmet pins so i i appreciate her friendship and i i hope to see her on the road soon and uh mm-hmm. you know maybe we'll uh we'll have a we'll have a podcast chat maybe we'll do a live pin show podcast chat with me and aziza one day that would be fun impossible yeah this episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. You may have heard by now that you should be using a VPN when you connect to the internet, when you're on like public Wi-Fi, and Wi-Fi networks that you're not sure of, that kind of thing. Adding in an extra step, that kind of sounds like a hassle. Like, do you want to have to turn this thing on and off? Well, if you knew how easy it was to protect your connection with ExpressVPN, you'd be doing it already. ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, and better. It's so simple. So on the Mac, I have it on the Mac, right? Mostly. I have it on my iPhone too, but it's where I find myself using ExpressVPN on my Mac the most. It just lives in my menu bar. I go up there and I click it. It's very easy to spoof my location if I want to be able to access content, either from home content when I'm abroad or vice versa. Super fast. And you can stream HD video. It's awesome. Loads of VPNs might slow your connection to the point where it's not even worth trying to connect. ExpressVPN doesn't lag or buffer. You can stream videos in HD with no issues. ExpressVPN gets rid of all the things you hate about VPNs. It is a VPN done right. You just open the app, click a button, and enjoy instant protection across all of your devices. The fact is, once you connect to ExpressVPN, you don't even know you have it on. Your connection is secure, your data is encrypted, and you can spoof your location so you can access content available outside your region. This is why it's been called the best VPN by CNET and many others. Right now, go to expressvpn.com slash penaddict and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That is expressvpn.com slash penaddict to get three extra months of ExpressVPN. One last time, expressvpn.com slash penaddict. A thanks to ExpressVPN for the support of this show and Relay FM. Let's do some Ask... TPA questions. I'm wondering, Brad, if we should rename this. Okay. A little like, bit. What, what do you think? We thinking? could, I mean, just because now we don't use the hashtag, right? Right. Just with the hashtag right. thing. Which, Still, like, people will just randomly, like, shoot me an email. Hey, I have an Ask TPA. Yeah. So, I mean, so like, we can keep it if you want, but I'm just saying it's, it's available. Okay. Right. We could call Something it Something to consider. Ask the pen addict, right? Like, it's up to you. I'm just saying it is a possibility for us now. <laughs> we did Ask TPA before because we wanted to, like... <laughs> you know shorten the character limit for if it was going to be a hashtag on a tweet but it doesn't need to be anymore because i think majorly now people either email them to hello at panatic.com or what i prefer is if you go to panaticfeedback.com and fill out the uh, feedback form that we have uh there's also one of the first links in your podcast app so you can always find it there anytime it's all on our website on the panatic website it's a great way to send in feedback to us that's where i pulled in a bunch of these questions that we have today just a thing that i was thinking of yeah uh so no i was giggling so hard because what you your your change offering was we could just call it ask the pen addict i mean that's literally what the the acronym stands for i know but i'm just saying <laughs> it doesn't need to be ask tpa right like because mm-hmm, we don't mm-hmm. call the show tpa like we never right, refer right. to it out loud as tpa or anything true. like that so true could just be yeah. asked brad because frankly nobody wants my answers which makes perfect sense <laughs> that's not right. true because i'm going to get you in this first one here All so right. like let, let's tackle this while we think about so if you have if you want to rename this segment of the show uh send us a uh, panatic feedback yeah <laughs> if you have a good suggestion com. for a name i'm not saying we will rename it but the option is available to us yeah. 
If yeah, you have like a suggestion, Tony says for in the chat, though. you know, we'll just call it Brad. We'll get to it eventually. That's maybe that's the, pretty good. maybe that's the question. That's maybe that's the segment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, let's hear this one because uh, this is this is right. this. I need your feedback on this. This one. comes from Eric, who says, "What are the stationary things you really cannot imagine not having? The items you have stockpiled to make sure you never go without." For me. It's Taroko Design Enigma Notebooks and Platinum Blue Pigment Ink. I think I'm set for a couple of years and damn glad considering the roller coaster that Tomorrow River <laughs> Paper has been. Truth. Truth. Um, so I want to take this. At, this is a really good question and it's actually kind of difficult and it goes into the how I think about products anyway. And for you and I, I want to eliminate pens from this list because right. the stationary things you can't imagine having is the m90 and i say that because you have two of them yeah right you have you have a main one and you have a backup one yep and this is why but i don't think that necessarily counts for this right um and like i have my like my pilot murex would be like the same thing for me i have i have two of them even though they're like different styles it's like yeah i'm good like my murex is not going anywhere but if i'm thinking about it from something that i might even use more frequently say a paper or an ink. Um, ink is what actually got me off of thinking about this. And this is going to relate to the next question um, that we have. Um, but I used to hoard ink because I was worried that, number one, I like it so much. And two, it would go away and I couldn't get it anymore. And then guess what, Mike? There was 8,000 other inks that came out that I liked mm-hmm. just as well. Like, I didn't need to overdo the ink buying because there was always something reasonable. Um, I will say there was one ink in the past few years that I did buy extra of, but only because I was using it so fast. Not that I was, you know, worried about it going away. If it goes away, it'll go away. And that's mm-hmm. the um, the Platinum Mount Fuji Blue Black which I like better than the regular platinum blue black. The Mount Fuji water blue black is is one of my favorite inks of all time and it's a very limited edition. This is this is the one that came out with the Curidos if you recall. Um at the same time. So, yeah, like I bought cartridges and two bottles of that and I use the heck out of it. Like it goes in all my Nakayas. It it just goes in everything. It's one of my favorites. Um outside of that, like I tr- I really try not to to overly buy something because I want the ability to explore something else coming down the line. And the last thing I need is five of a notebook when I'm going to buy 10 other notebooks as it is, right? I don't need five of one sitting around. Uh, Same thing with inks. I don't need two or three bottles of a particular ink of a blue black when there's going to be new blue black ink coming out tomorrow and I might enjoy more. So yeah, I, I can't think of anything that I can't imagine having that's not pen related. Like there's a couple of pens that I can't imagine not having. But outside of that, can you think of anything else? Well, I mean, it's it's kind of cheating, but not like I made two products that yeah, right. Like the Theme System Journal and the Sidekick Notepad. They they partly exist for this reason of like these are things that I really want in my life, and so the way that I can make sure that that's the case is to make them right so like, yeah they're yeah always there for ink here's i have this feeling about ink but i don't allow myself to stockpile it right 
it's something that I feel like as I have a few inks. So like Mont Blanc Lucky Orange is one. Uh, a lot of the Sailor Ink Studio inks. Like these are ones that I want to buy multiple bottles of them. But I think to myself, all right, it will probably still be available. Lucky Orange is not the case. But I am of the mind of like, I'll try something new. That's kind of how how I always come yeah. to this of like, yes, I will run out of this, but rather than buying five bottles and keeping them forever and probably never getting through them, I'll try and get one at the time. But if I can't, I'm going to move on to something else. Yeah. That's where and I that's come where, Yeah. And that's where my situation is different. Like part of my job is trying all the things. So yep. I try not to get like tied into, yep. tried into one. I will say the one product I do miss that I can't get anymore is you mentioned it's stuff you make is the is the notco uh note cards like yeah. I, I still probably need to find a way to do something with that because that's one of that's a product i actively miss because i don't have it anymore um i that's a that's that might be a list of one that might be the only thing that i miss so yeah there you go yeah that sucks <laughs> thanks man i don't want to th- don't make me think about that possibility right <laughs> This, this is not something I want to consider. I, I need to re-add it to 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 the list because I gave up when I, I couldn't get the. I tried, right? I've talked about this. I've tried to redo them and couldn't get the same paper. So now it's like almost have to start from scratch, and that's a little bit more intimidating. Yeah. All right. Next question is is sort of related to this, but not okay. exactly. But it's some of the same ideas. So hit me up here. Sarah says, "I'm starting to feel exhausted by the constant barrage of special and limited edition fountain pens. It feels like pen companies release their next must-have pen before the last <laughs> one has even finished shipping. Fact. My stationery budget stays maxed, and it's hard to tame the feeling of FOMO when I see everyone's beautiful photos and videos. It always feels like if I don't buy this pen, there will never be another one this good, and the cycle continues. How do you deal with the constant onslaught of new products?" So, the fact, and I, I say that, it's, it's, it's a fact that I had to convince myself is that there will be another good one this good eventually. Mm-hmm. So, it's okay to not have yep. this one. Yep. And it that took years of me buying like literally everything because there's never going to be one as good. And then all of a sudden, I would do it again because, hey, look, there was one that was as good and I buy it. And there was one that was as good as I buy it. So now I can actually, I've actively been able to stop because I know for a fact there will be another one this good. Pen, ink, paper, pencil, whatever you want to talk about. That's why, related to the previous question, I don't stockpile the things because absolutely for a fact even like if you take the extreme of tomoe river paper like i've said before no one's ever going to make this exact paper and that's okay because there's going to be something out there that's just going to be as good if not better for you in the long run and you'll find it eventually so i've never worried about having to stockpile things but fomo is one of those things we talk about pretty frequently because like you and I will talk about, we'll see all these things and we'll talk about them and ooh and ah over them. And, you know, 95 times out of 100, we're not buying them. Um, it's fun to look at because, you know, we talk about new releases here. But like I've gotten over the fact that I have to have all these pens because I know when the time comes and the budget's right, 
that I'm going to be able to find something really awesome for me. And even if I missed or skipped, you know, the last 10 of the thing that went by, like the 11th one's going to be pretty dope and I'm going to be pretty happy. So I've gotten that through my thick skull. It took a long time to get there, but I am super comfortable not buying the thing now and uh, just waiting. So uh, yeah, but that took, yeah, it took years to get to that point. I'm not going to lie, Sarah. It is not, it's not easy because we're, um, we're in a very visual hobby, right? Where we see a lot of things and they, they just check all our boxes. It's like, Ooh, look at that color. Oh, look at that nib, you know? Oh, check out this notebook. And like, I'm the worst, right? I'm, I'm the ooh and ah guy like constantly. Um, but I've got to the point finally, uh, to be able to just say, yes, that is amazing. And it would be perfect for me and I don't need it today. So yeah. That's just kind of how I've looked at it, and it was a process to get there. I just had to stop and realize, once I convinced myself that tomorrow there's going to be something just as awesome and I can wait, then it then it's been easy for like the past several years to just not buy everything. So I, like one of the things for me that really changed this was that idea of like feeling like I understand what I like, and mm-hmm. once I really understand what I like, not feeling the need to buy everything. But that took, like you say, a long time. I had the same stuff, of, like same process of keyboard stuff. So right. like there, you know, the keyboard stuff works in group buys, right? So like you go in on a pre-order, pre-orders can take a long time. But when, you know, back in like 2020, early 2021, I was doing one of these group buys every month. And now I'd maybe do one every three months because I'm much mm-hmm. more aware of what I like and what I don't like. But it takes that experimentation process. And yep. I don't recommend that, pe- you know, I recommend people try and take that experimentation process as slow as possible with their budget, like Sarah's saying, right? Sarah has mm-hmm. a budget mm-hmm. and the budget stays maxed. That means that Sarah, you're probably still like working out exactly what you like and what you don't like. I think mm-hmm. that there is a lot, there is like a tail, then then you're in a long tail scenario where right. like, I'll add something new to my pen collection every few months now at most rather than every single month. Right. <laughs> or because a few weeks. Like yeah. Brad says, like I've been we've been looking watching his stuff long enough to know like, yeah, something seems amazing. There'll be another one that comes along. Like there just yeah. will be. It probably won't be the same, but something will. One of the good things about keyboards though is if something's successful, they run it again. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like that that's one of the things of like you might see a keycap set that you really like and you missed it, but if you wait long enough, if it was successful enough, the designer will do another run of it. But that yeah, doesn't really yeah. happen the same way in pens. If something's and you limited, made a, it kind of stays limited. Yeah, and you made a good point that there are phases of all of our levels in the hobby. Like if you're new, you're kind of like a little bit timid and trying to find things out. And then once you kind of, you know, cross a certain certain threshold of figuring things out, then you're like, well, I just need to try all the things now, <laughs> right? It's like, hey, look at this. And then you kind of reel it in eventually, like you're saying, to figure out, okay, this is exactly what works the best for me. And then you're able to like manage it a little bit better. So yeah, it, it's tough, Sarah. Like there's there's no doubt. But um, I, I just implore everyone to to not overspend, to stick to a budget and to be patient because like you're going to have more opportunities than you think. Definitely. Rob says, my wife and I seem to be in the slim minority who really do not like Schmidt refills for the Retro 51. I guess also, you know, Mark 1 or mm-hmm. insert your 
other pen here that takes this. Yeah. Uh, we love the pens, but hate the refill. It constantly skips for both of us and is a terrible writing experience. However, I think the Tornadoes support a Parker G2 refill as well. Any suggestions for good refills with nice color options? The ones from Retro 51 are only blue and black. So a few things. I, I actually don't think it's a minority of people who don't like the Schmidt refills. Like I get why people don't like that refill for like all the reasons Rob's saying, although I don't have like a skipping or terrible writing experience. I, I happen to enjoy them, but other people don't like just really how wet and wide the lines are. Like they can be super annoying on, on certain papers. And like, I get that people don't like that refill. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily a minority um, case. My favorite um, type of refill to use for this is the, um, Oto flash dry, which is a needle tip, um, which I think looks funny out of the retro 51's conical tip sometimes, but I use it because the refill's so good. It's a 0.5 millimeter. It's only in black. Um, there aren't a lot of great color options, which maybe Rob's looking for. Um, Monteverde does make some gel refills that are in the G2 international size that you can find. Like they'll have blue, black and orange and purple, uh, things like that, that you can find. And that's kind of the, that G2, the international G2, or as we call it, the Parker style refills, they're very restrictive in color options, right? It's just not a very common thing because most of the time those refills are just blue and black ballpoints. And that's what most people uh, make them. So Monteverde does a gel option. They have maybe eight colors, something like that. I've used the blue black pretty successfully, um, but you're not going to get just a huge, huge range there. But I would look at that. If you want to try a cool black refill, I would definitely recommend the Oto flash dry. It's just one of the great refills period. And it fits that Parker style international style, uh, G two. Um, after that, yeah, it's, it's, you're pretty limited. That's like, that's one of the challenges, uh, for this category of pen and always has been is your kind of refill limited. You don't get all of the broad gel ink options, um, that you get in other types of pens. If you would like to send in a question for us to answer on a future episode of the show, go to penaddictfeedback.com and you can leave a question there or you can email them to hello at penaddict.com. Uh, if you want to find Brad online in the meantime, go to penaddict.com and spokedesign.com. You can go twitch.tv slash penaddict. Three times a week, Brad is penaddict on Instagram. And what is your Mastodon? Uh, penaddict at mastodon.social. Penaddict at mastodon.social. I'm on but- Mastodon now. Yes, uh, which is a change for me recently. I wanted to be where I want to be where the community is. The community is there. I want to be there. Uh, I want to have a presence there. I want to share what I'm up to. Um, I've found some real uh, understanding about myself and my social media habits, and I'm building mm-hmm. something around that going forward about how I use these types of things. But I still want to be where everybody is. So I have my own instance. Yeah. So I'm iMike at Mike.social on Mastodon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check me out yeah. there if you Real would like. Real quick aside, yeah. If if anyone has any like Mastodon questions, let me know because I am like super not like I am. I'm a tech nerd, but not in like a details level, right? Like I like to try all the the toys and check out all the bells mm-hmm. and whistles. But if you're like intimidated by Mastodon, don't be. It's 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 
dead simple to join and participate. Yeah. Um, so don't be intimidated you can by make like it all complicated. Like the, yes. But you don't need But don't to. be intimidated by all the like the panic articles of like, oh my God, it's so hard. It is dead simple. Once you signed up. Yep. And there there are some up. weird parts, but you'll just get used to it. I'm still yeah, getting yeah. used to it. Like but there are Oh some, for sure. Some for sure. But again, it's a it's a not to totally derail, but like you said, it's part of a broader social media adjustment overall. Like I need less. Like I don't need all of all the things. And that's been a good place to participate. That and micro.blog. So yeah, it's great. Uh, thank you so much to ExpressVPN and Squarespace for their support of this episode. But as always, thank you for listening. And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Bye, Brad. <laughs>